0: It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less Podcast. Your daily download of x to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna.
1: It's Thursday, August 25th, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. This is the BNS in Twenty-ish Minutes or Less Piscast.
2: Been a podcast.
1: Has not been anywhere close to twenty minutes for a long time. No. So hopefully you don't mind that. Um, I'm off tomorrow. I was yeah. going to be doing an overnight hike with my son Beau tonight, mm-hmm. but there's a bit of a, rain, a bit of rain in the forecast out in Kananaskis, and we're like, ah, I don't know. Like, for his first one, if we get wet and cold, Fair. it might ruin
2: it forever. Yeah, So yeah, you want to be careful with that.
1: I'm still going to take tomorrow off. We're just going to do a day hike instead today and take our time. Nice. And we'll postpone that to another time.
2: Yeah. What's going on with you? Mm, not much. Going up to uh, Panorama on the weekend. I'm pretty excited. Doing a couple rounds golf at Grey Wolf.
1: Is that a nice course? Super nice course. Yes. yeah. Expensive? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: My boyfriend is a big golfer, though, as you know, and um, this is one of his kind of bucket list courses. Okay. So yeah, we're gonna do two rounds. We're gonna do a twilight round on Friday, and then Saturday full round. And I'm pretty excited. It'll be nice. The weather looks like it's going to cooperate, which is great. So. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Um, on today's show, we're gonna talk about drugs talk about Shauna's impending retirement from slow pitch Mm -hmm. Uh, an etymology a clothing conspiracy the hardest places that we've lived to make friends I encountered a crazy street preacher the other day Uh, some young people slang that you may or may not be familiar with Mm -hmm. talk about terry what terry's up to first you're out of context clip of the show
0: repent BNS in 20 minutes or less
1: man i got this message from friend of the show steve and i've been laughing at it for a couple days now <laughs> even though it's not the nicest message okay <laughs> i've been chuckling at it you know when we were talking about lizard people yeah our favorite lizard people yeah you said the queen i said Stephen harper yes um well steve messaged and said on the topic of lizard people George Canyon, my God, my friends and I have been calling him the Lizard King for years. Oh my God. And we say he lives under the saddle dome eating scraps and trash. Worst anthem singer in professional sports.
2: And I was okay. like, Hang I disagree on a with that. No. I think George Canyon's great.
1: I like George Canyon's yeah. the anthem singer. And I used to work in country radio and I liked some of George Canyon songs there. Uh-huh. So I said, You're going to have to expand on this. What do you find lizardy about him? Why is he the worst? Okay, well, there's Steve again. Okay, well, the reason he is a Lizard King is because he is at the Saddle dome every night and really has no more musical career because he is the worst singer. And no one ever sees him outside the Saddle dome, so we assume he slithers back under the dome right after he's done singing and only comes up to feast on leftover popcorn and half-drank beers. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> it is true, though. You never see George Canyon outside of the Saddle dome. That part is true. Because
1: according to Steve <laughs> and his friends, oh, my God. George lives underneath the dome.
2: I just and picture him crawling up could. through the sewers yeah. of the dome.
1: <laughs> yeah, torn up, oh flames, jersey, God. and cowboy hat. <laughs> <eyed. laughs>
2: uh, He's
1: still on popcorn oh and dome beard. I don't there agree with Steve, but tongue. my God, is that funny. That
2: visual is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, so... George Canyon, we can put on the potential list of lizard people for sure.
1: <laughs> if you ever have family in town and you drive past the dome, be like, George Canyon lives under there. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> the lizard king.
2: got a oh, lizard den God. and everything. There's lots of popcorn. BNS in 20 minutes or less. So we love Terry on this show. We uh, sure and, do. And for those of you who don't know, like Terry is, he's the typical jean jacket wearing mulleted ACDC loving guy. It's
1: your dad's best friend from his hometown. Yep. Smoking darts. Yep.
2: Canada has a lot of Terrys A in lot
1: of t- rural Canada too. Yeah, Terry's he loves everywhere. the Edmonton Oilers
2: as well. Um, yeah. Well, I've decided that every time Terry does something destructive or a bit idiotic, it's from this point forward going to be called committing Terryism. <laughs> like if he does something so- very Terry-like, very Canadian, you know, hops on a sled, goes for a rip, something like that, he's committing an act of domestic Terryism. <laughs>
1: If he, does, if he doesn't believe he's in Mexico, then yep. it's international <laughs> then it's terrorism. It's international
2: terrorism, for sure. Yeah. And they
1: get the uh, anti-terrorism
2: yep.
1: unit looking into it. It's
2: smoking darts where he's not so, supposed to. That's an act of terrorism. That's
1: an, e- that's an act of eco-terrorism. Yeah, is it's what it's eco-terrorism. It is. Is that, maybe that's, that's rolling coal in his truck.
2: Yeah. Well, that's an act
1: of eco-terrorism.
2: Totally. Yells at a lady to show us your cans. That's that's terrorism. Yep. yep.
1: That's a form of terrorism. Mm-hmm. Got to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Right? It's so. Right. How have we never, never thought about this? We're I've thought about this
2: lots before, and I, for some reason I've never said it to you. I say it in my head all the time, and I was like, how have I never communicated <laughs> that this is what I think in my head when I see something Terry? We've you been know?
1: talking about Terry for years. I know. And it's right there. It's right there. It is right there.
2: Terryism. So there you go.
1: And if you said anything negative about ACDC and Terry came after you, that would be... You. Religious terrorism, yeah. Religious extremism. There's
2: a lot of different types of terrorism. There's for so sure. many
1: different types, yeah. Now I'm going to be on the lookout for them.
2: Yeah, you, you better and then call it out, okay? BNS in 20 minutes or less.
1: Recently, you and I were talking about goofy cycling gear, and you deny going full out cyclist, but
2: yeah. Well, we've talked about how it's the it's the opposite of fashion. Like everything about <laughs> cycling gear is not fashionable at all. No, no. It's just there's something about it. I don't know what whoever designs that stuff is like. How do we make you look the most silly possible?
1: Yeah, <laughs> let's make it louder and it's more, <laughs> more
2: obnoxious. Yeah,
1: I don't know if I realize just how silly it can get. I saw a guy yesterday in a skin tight singlet, like a oh yeah. I guess they're officially called bib shorts, mm-hmm. and they're like ultra tight cycling shorts that have built in suspenders, and then it results in. Just the deepest plunge you could ever imagine. Yeah. Like plunges all the way down to the belly button. Yep.
2: Yeah, those are the the standard wear.
1: And he was wearing nothing else. Like he was...
2: Oh, he he doesn't even have a jersey? No, no, bare chest under there. Hmm, That's a look. Strong
1: look. (laughs) It was a very interesting look. Um, And in my research, I I learned that they do have a purpose. It's because like regular tight cycling shorts can slide down, exposing... Exposing a cyclist's butt crack, and as you have said, you're a tall ass crack woman, so... I am. Um, I imagine you have, uh, I've
2: never had that issue, though, because issue spandex shorts generally don't slide down, no. either. No? but anyway...
1: Even if you're sitting in a really aggressive position and on a long ride?
2: No. I swear, again, this is just an excuse to wear something even sillier. to say,
1: because you wouldn't want your bum crack to slip out, then you might look silly. Oh.
2: <laughs> so instead
1: instead you wear this like i understand being committed to your hobby Mm -hmm. wanting to get the most out of it but like when you're when you're getting dressed to go for a ride and you're climbing into this like andre the giant number that you're gonna wear (laughs) out this you're looking like the big show to go on a bike ride you got to be asking yourself like what am i doing
2: here i I swear i think (laughs) people (laughs) who people who cycle are attracted to the anti-fashion like between spandex, okay? Wrestling singlets, a bucket on your head, you got safety goggles on your face. Safety okay?
1: goggles, yeah.
2: I'm shocked that we don't wear socks and sandals. I'm I'm shocked that that's not the standard wear for your feet. Do we have Crocs yet that are cycling shoes? Because I feel like that's next. This I is bet just, you
1: could sell it to him. Holy Based crap, on what I've you, seen out there.
2: I know it's the most bizarre fashion. S <laughs> in 20 minutes or less. A friend of mine works at a new brewery in town, and uh, he's a manager, so he was hiring a bunch of new employees and stuff, and they're all younger than him. And he was he was telling me about how he's had to learn some new lingo because it's been a while since he's worked with <laughs> the the younger folk and he said it's pretty funny because they'll say things and he'll look at them and be like what does that mean? And then I'll try and figure. I'm like, okay, yeah, I got this. And I was like, you need to start writing these down. Like, give me some of the terms that they're using, just so that I can stay up on this too. Because I don't want to, I don't want to age out of the slang. You know, how old,
1: how old is uh, your friend?
2: He's thirty eight. Okay. Yep. And then the people he's hiring are mid twenties, you know, early twenties, around that time okay, frame. Okay. So we're
1: kind of partway between these two groups. We're of kind people. of in between. So so
2: I told I did. I told him to write some down. So I've got them for you. And yet there were a few that I. I didn't know either, okay. so I just wanted to pass them along. First of all, this one's pretty simple, okay? Hey, nice fit, they said uh, to him.
1: Fit is clothes, isn't it? Yes. Like I I only learned this yesterday because some guy was referring to his gym fit, and I was like...
2: Hilarious. What,
1: what's that? Yeah. Gym clothes. Yeah. You ask, if you'd asked me this on Tuesday, I would not have known.
2: That's really... Well, when when he said that to me, I was like, oh, well, like outfit, right? So that one, I kind of figured out. I was like, okay, I get that one. Uh, but yeah, he was just like, what? And then he looked at her for a while, like, huh?
1: Looking for contextual clues? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, I was like,
2: oh, yeah, thanks. It was like, amazing. Uh, he's totally opping you. Nope. Opposing you as in oh, against okay. you. So okay. they were saying it that way. Yeah. The pizza is bussin. They have pizza at this, this place. Like pizza is bussin. Like coming out fast? No, or- just really good. Really <laughs> good. That's apparently if you if something's really good, you can just say bussin. Uh, it's one bussin. For
1: th- pizza's a vibe here. One for three. Oh, one God. for three.
2: Yeah. Okay. Last one. Okay. I'm just making this quick because I told him to continue write them down so we can continue to do this later. But you look all yassified today.
1: Does it come from like yes? Yes. Okay, so you look good. You yeah. look
2: You're glammed up. Kind of yeah. like you're up Yeah. So these are four things I was like, oh my god, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I'd like look at people with like
1: what? <laughs> if someone's thought to, to be like interesting. should <laughs> just go back to work. <laughs> you can see
2: the like smoke just kind of coming out of my ears you're trying to figure out what they mean? You're like, What? You, I mean, okay. you can't
1: try too hard to keep up with it because that's uncomfortable, too. Totally. You just have to gracefully age out of being able to say things I like z- that. I so. suppose
2: so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you just pretend you don't hear it. All right.
1: <laughs> cool. All right. <laughs> you, too, have a good day. Uh-huh. Good. <laughs> Top of the morning to you as well.
0: V and in 20 minutes or less.
1: Yesterday, I was driving with Bo and Brigham, and we drove past a street preacher who was absolutely screaming at cars. He was holding a sign about Jesus and he was standing in the middle of the road, like on the median. So like, as we came by, my truck truck was like inches away from him. uh, And he looked, he looked right into the window and he screamed,
2: repent. And my boys were like, whoa, that's terrifying. What is that all about? It seems to be a thing (laughs) that these street preachers do though. Like, remember I told you about the guy in Toronto who, Yep. yeah. Uh, he used to do that, and he would stand on a street was corner. The,
1: Praise Jesus. Praise right? the Lord.
2: Yeah, he would yell. But here's the thing is that he would be in the same street corner every single day, and I think his whole mission was to scare the bejesus out of you every day. Or scare I the
1: bejesus India, maybe. Be
2: scared, <laughs> so- yeah, exactly. Yeah, put the Jesus back in. Either way, what he would do is he would wait till, like, the the time that you're not suspecting it. And I would walk by him every day, so I knew he was going to scream this. And it was always the same. Was, Praise the Lord. So I'd be ready for it And I'd gear up for it And then he wouldn't do it I'd be like Oh I guess he's not doing it today And the minute you Punched. relax Then Right behind you And you nearly like Crap yourself Every single time I swear it was what he did It was his mission So this guy may be the same I think it's
1: because he, like, he had so much like f- Fire Like he was so angry But then Vigor. he would Then he would like Smile and wave At the next car oh, And then Oh okay so he just had that like the fire of well, Christ was in him. You the, he know? sensed
2: the evil in you, obviously. Uh, he yeah. really needed to again scare it into you or out of you, whatever. But
1: call me crazy, but based on what I know about Jesus, I don't know if he'd be down with scaring the tits off people in mm-hmm. his name.
2: Yeah, I don't,
1: you catch more flies with honey than vinegar, sir.
2: Yeah, it's true.
1: I'd always love to. Ch- I'd love to chat with a guy like that and ask, like, what what brought you out here today to do this?
2: Passion for Christ, Beckler. I get that, and I understand Obviously.
1: why some religious folks feel the you know the need to spread the good word, mm-hmm. proselytize. Yep. But like, what imp- what interpretation of the holy books has you thinking like I should I should scream about Jesus at cars today? <laughs> Well, Where do you get that one?
2: People don't necessarily answer their doors anymore. So, I mean, this is what we've mm. come to, right? Like, I'll take it to captive the captive <laughs> audience. You know, you're at that stoplight. Like, you have no choice right now. What are you going to do? Drive through a red? I'm going to yell at you to repent.
1: I really had no no choice. Yeah, this guy was it. just inches from my window <laughs> <laughs> screaming about Jesus. And me and the kids were
2: like, You just see huh. this spit just collecting on the window as he's screaming, <laughs> Repent! You're like, whoa. Okay, can I a little? Eat this. Need to have a <laughs> eat this little quick car wash after this one, sir. Might there not be a better way? Huh? Might
1: not there be a better way to tell uh. people about Christ?
2: Could you do Maybe my not Windshield next <laughs> And he's a bit of a wash.
0: The VNS and 20 minutes or less podcast
1: This is a podcast only segment We never do this on, on the air Although it would be cool To do some sort of version on this Where we got to play Like our picks of the week Or something uh, yeah. This is What are you listening to lately mm-hmm. And what are you listening to lately Shauna? Uh
2: This song is actually not new But I discovered it recently It's Powers Is the band And uh, the song is called Closer And I uh, just uh, Got a little summary to it That I've been listening to Big mistakes are worth making Sometimes the time is worth wasting
1: Some heart breaks are worth braving I know, you know, you know I just want to get closer Closer to you body than somebody else. I just,
2: closer, closer. just a good summer tune, you know?
1: Very summery. Yeah. Very summery indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite bands, Porcupine Tree, they released recently released their first new album in 13 years.
2: Holy crap.
1: And uh, their drummer, Gavin Harrison, is my favorite drummer of all time. And I always want to play this, like, this drum part. Yeah, the man can play the hell out of the drums. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: B in 20
2: minutes or less. Of all the places you've lived, Beckler, where was the hardest place to make friends? The hardest place to make friends? Because we've moved around quite a bit. I know a lot of people in, in Alberta have as well. Mm-hmm. And I got chatting with a friend about this. And I was just curious if you recall a, a certain place where it was tougher to make friends than others. Or perhaps even the easiest place for you to make friends?
1: i I don't know if I'm the best person to ask because the nature of this job introduces you to a lot of people that is I've, true. I've always been able to make friends when I moved to a different place just mm-hmm. because you know my coworkers are transient too and looking yep. for friends, and I've always been friends with the people I work with yeah uh and you meet lots of people just in the community through this job, so I've had I've an never interesting struggled
2: because this person and I both talked about how Regina was tougher. Oh really? And, and I was trying to figure out why that would be and more so than Vancouver or Toronto. And sometimes you'd think the busier cities when people are, you know, so busy that maybe they'd have their nose down, it would be tougher to meet people. But no, as you said, because a lot of people in those big cities have moved from elsewhere. You've Whereas, never lived
1: in Vancouver, though.
2: No, no. So I've
1: heard Vancouver is notoriously difficult to make friends it's in. Interesting, because yeah. this person
2: has lived in Vancouver and said it was actually their easiest place. To really? Think, which I found shocking as well. Yeah, everything I've heard
1: about there is that it's just very difficult to make friends. People kind of, I don't know if they have their nose in the air or...
2: Yeah, interesting. Because I I think Regina is tough and I think I have a theory as to why that is too. And it's because, well, there, as you said, you always like, you you make friends with people that you work with. Mm -hmm. So I did. I had friends that I, you know, worked with and I made friends with. But they had all kind of lived in Regina for a long time. Oh,
1: uh, so they had their friends? They had
2: their established weren't friends. Weren't looking for anybody new? And I find a lot of people in Regina, in comparison to other cities as well, were more family-oriented. And I think the smaller the place you go, the more that is the case, too. Especially in like rural communities and stuff. And if you have your own family and home friend base already, you don't necessarily need to go out and meet yeah, new friends or that. invite new friends. So I found it a little longer to crack in Regina. And then once I did kind of crack into these... Already established, you know, friend groups. Mm-hmm. Then I made some of the best friends I've ever had in Regina. But okay. it was it was kind of tough to get in there at first. And again, it's because I think people look at you and they're you're kind of an outsider, and they already have established, and they necessarily don't maybe don't trust you,
1: or they think you're not staying. Yeah, think you're just here for both, to, right? You know, pad your resume and leave. And again, so. like not
2: trusting because yeah, you you don't want to let somebody in if they're not going to be here. Yeah,
1: get close to somebody. Yeah. Um, I made lots of good friends in Edmonton. Edmonton's a super friendly town.
2: Edmonton is a super friendly town. Calgary has
1: been great for me. I've yep. made lots of great friends here. Me too. I know when we first moved here, McKenna struggled a little bit, but I think that's more to do with the fact that she had a brand new baby. Fair. And like she tried to go through some of the mom groups and stuff, but it took her a while to make really good friends, and now she has great friends.
2: I've heard some people say that about Calgary too, though. That there's a lot of, not niches, what's the word? People have their own little, little cliques, and it's tough to get into those too, which huh. I didn't notice here, but... The, I wonder why that would be here.
1: The most difficult place to me that I I found probably and maybe it's just because I was a single guy at the time, but it was Lloyd Minster. Mm. Because I mean I was yeah, I was single and there are just no single women in Lloyd Minster. Like I was twenty three when I lived there and many of the women my age were divorced with kids already. Right. And already
2: on to the divorce, not know,
1: even just the marriage. The you know, the half a dozen women that age who were single in town, you had like tons of rich, like wealthy dudes with oil money. Mm. All competing for the same women. So it was a very, like...
2: It was a eat dog world out there. it was a, we- yeah, it was a weird
1: place to live at that age, and especially because I had no money. Yeah. I was working in radio. You
2: couldn't compete. So,
1: yeah, it was... Uh, Interesting. That was... And I, I ended up making some really good friends in Lloyd Minster toward the end of my stay there, uh, mm. who I'm still friends with. But it took a while. Yep. And I think it's just, again, the nature of, of that town. Interesting. And the work that comes through there. Yeah. But
2: yeah it's funny because a lot of people think toronto is is not friendly but that was a place that you know all my friends who came in said that they found very easy to make friends but again, I guess it's it's probably because there's a lot of people, It's and depending on your age, but when mm-hmm. you're at a certain age, a lot of people have come in there from other places, right? So you got a lot of people open for friendships.
1: Gets tougher and tougher the older you get, doesn't yes. it? When you're young. Yeah. Super easy. When
2: everybody has their kids and their own lives again, they're like, yeah, I don't have time for another. VNS
0: in 20 minutes or less. We
1: were all hanging out around the station here yesterday and Matt Berry was wearing a really nice Deer Rouge sweater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a few years ago at a show. Deer Rouge gave all of us those sweaters. These, mm-hmm. these really nice black, black on black Deer Rouge sweaters. Um, except mine shrunk, and McKenna took it.
2: I gave mine to a listener. Did, Did she? You? Yeah. or well, I thought we talked about that story on the air. But yeah, she she really wanted one, and she they were sold out. So oh, I gave her mine.
1: Okay. I do remember that. And then no, I regretted
2: no. it because <laughs> I really liked that sweater. Anyway. Um,
1: but anyway, Matt said he had to buy a second one because his fiance took his first one. And it is a nice sweater. It is a nice sweater. And then we got talking about how, you know, every time he said he, every time he has a shirt that he likes that Chelsea also likes his fiance, the shirt mysteriously shrinks (laughs) and then it's her shirt. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Just recently McKenna bought me a sweater and she bought an XL knowing I'm a double XL.
2: Well, why wouldn't she go back and exchange it for the right size?
1: I don't think she could. I think it was a final sale. Hmm. So I think I think Mm -hmm. I think Conspiracy Corner Oh damn I think what's going on Is some of our partners Are deliberately shrinking items That they like Deliberately buying items Too small So that then they can have it
2: I think the buying items One is a bit of a stretch Because again You can most of the time Exchange it It was a final sale I know, but most of the time you can't. And also, if she wanted it, why wouldn't she just buy it for herself instead of you? That one seems a little stranger.
1: she has so many clothes, and I'm on her about Mm. all the clothes that she buys. Interesting. She barely wears a pair of Lulu's twice by the look. I'm like, is that new? Is that new? Is that new? No. That's new. Whereas, like, I buy a shirt every two years. That's fair. But you don't like
2: shopping, whereas she does. It's fine. (laughs) The whole shrinking thing, though, you might be onto something.
1: Yeah, I think because, you know, you know, how like oftentimes women like the comfy clothes, right? i want a big, comfy sweater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then they can do it this way without having to spend the money.
2: I mean, you could also do your own laundry to make sure that that doesn't happen. There's that. Uh, There is that. But also I was I was telling Matt, I said the solution to this would be buy it extra big for yourself so that when it shrinks, it's the right size. Right. Because then you'd prevent that because then it would just be way too big. It's like, you know, if it's the kind of in between, you're like, yeah, if it shrinks a little bit, it fits me better. Whereas if you get that extra,
0: hmm.
2: extra large, then you, you know, go down and then it's going to be too big for her. They never shrink properly, though. No, they don't. They don't
1: shrink equally. They always shrink up and then you're yes. just like your belly's you hanging out. Belly, your ass belly crack's belly top, hanging out. Yep. Yeah.
2: I have a problem. Mm-hmm. I have an extra long ass crack, so that would be a problem for me. When they shorten like that, I'm in trouble i have a long crack we've talked about We're this before about this.
1: Tall. the word is tall i have a tall it's a tall ass crack i'm a
2: tall cracker <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway i you know what
1: you don't you're not you're not buying this are you yeah you're not right. buying the, this
2: this the shrinking thing i can i can say could be a thing for sure okay yeah yeah but uh yeah the buying of the sizes thing i think just because i yeah if you gift something mm. i'd be like well i'm gonna exchange it for a different size mm. then it's a, a lot of a massive pain in the arse to only buy final sale items for that, right? Like, that seems like too much work.
1: On the plausibility scale, how many shooters on the grass do you know out of this one, out of 10, does this one get?
2: Oh, I'm going to give it 14.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's decent. It's got some legs, I it, think. It's got There's legs. something going on here. Yeah. <laughs> BNS in 20 minutes or less.
2: Etymology with Shauna. So, a friend of the show, Denise, was asking about this one, and it is a very strange word. She was asking where the word lollygag comes from
1: lollygag to kind of like take your time to be slow at something to dilly dally
2: to dilly dally that's another one but uh so i looked into this and the first example of this being used is back in the mid 1800s but back then lollygag meant two things so the first was to linger around or to dawdle as we use it now the other meaning was to fool around it's another word for doing the old horizontal hula
1: Bit of the old in-out,
2: in-out. Bit of the old fishing for trout in the Bow River. That's what it was used for back then. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So there's a funny quote, yeah. actually, from a publication back in the 1940s, and it says, lollygagging was grandmother's word for lovemaking. Mmm. So, yeah, that's what it used to be used for. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people are confused as to why that is, and it's, it's a little bit unclear, but some people seem to think that it might be when you break up the term into lolly and gag. Well... Lolly is another for tongue, and then there's gag, and people think that maybe the the sound of it is what kind of
1: lolly isn't it like added a candy? Not
2: a lolly is a candy, yes, yeah. but it has to do with the tongue. Like this, oh, okay. it was a slang that also uh-huh. pertained to that part uh-huh. of
1: your your yeah, body. I age. can
2: fill in the blanks all right. So there you go. So lollygagging back then used to in the old chimichurri. You know,
1: mm. I'm gonna add that to my list of terms.
2: I know I don't mind for, it actually
1: for uh, for rinsing.
2: It's weird though or because some now scrunch. every time you say hey, you know, don't lollygag, you're gonna now immediately think of that. <laughs> which basically it's ruined it for you. with
1: Shauna. the BNS and twenty
2: minutes or less podcast. So I've been giving this some serious thought over the past couple of weeks, Beckler, and I've decided that I, I'm seriously considering giving up my slow pitch career. Not that it was a big career to begin with. Like I only played occasionally with a beer league team in there, but. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, you I said, sub-
1: join me in retirement. I think
2: that- I, well, yeah. Um, and it ended, it ended badly. And this is why a couple of weeks ago I subbed in for a friend's team and I'd only gotten three hours of sleep the night before. Not that that's an excuse. And I played awful. <laughs> like I played the worst, <laughs> worst slow pitch game I've ever <laughs> played in my life. I was back catching at the time and first of all a couple there were a couple plays at the plate that I should have caught and I didn't and my friend was trying to be nice she was like they weren't easy catches for starters doesn't matter should have should have caught them." then I was batting and I batted awful like ground out I struck out which you never do in slow pitch like I and then the one decent Uh hit I didn't get it was bad Beckler I basically I at the end of the game I think I actually cost the team the game like when I and when I was thinking sub. back I, and I was subbing and I, I may have cost and it was a, a crunch time for them because it's getting into the playoffs and they needed to win that game and it was my fault and ever since I've been thinking about this it's been two weeks now and I'm still I'm not sleeping I'm waking up in a cold sweat sometimes thinking about this I think it's time I think I might have to hang them up. Gonna
1: hang them up, hang hang up the slow pitch glees.
2: Like I don't know if I can face them again or any, any other up? peer league team. Like that was it. I just I looked back on that day and I was like, what is wrong with me?
1: Hang up your beer koozie.
2: I think so. <laughs> yes. I know because
1: like you could, you could look at it one way. So you were the sub, right? And they needed you there. They needed you there to be able to field the team. So it would have been better being...
2: without me. They should have just put a ghost in the field. <laughs> honestly. They should have played one short, and I bet you it would have been a better in fact it would have been. It would have been. Honestly, a this ghost. is how awful I feel. Yeah. Like
1: Shoeless Joe out, and, out and left. Yeah. We're feeling a ghost as our ninth player. <laughs> a... Tenth, sorry. Um right. but I know if you have like an ounce of competitive energy in your body, yeah. you don't in your body. You don't want to be the person who shows up as a sub... And cost the team the no. game. I get that. I would feel horrible. I felt, I would and dwell they don't that see it that
2: way. And that they were lovely. They do, they honestly don't. They're like, that's not, that's not it at all. Like, everyone wasn't playing very well that day. It's true. There were a lot of dumb things that were happening through. It doesn't matter though. Right? Like, it yeah. doesn't matter. I, I played yeah. awful. I was thinking about this though. Like, imagine, this is me with beer league slow pitch. Okay. Can you imagine being like an NHL player? Mm -hmm. And let's say a very important game of the playoffs happens, perhaps the elimination game. You get a bad penalty because you were just not, you weren't there that day. Cost the team the goal. (laughs) You lose the game. Can you imagine being at that level and doing something where you have an off game? Which happens, right? Yeah, you always, need
1: therapy after that or something. You yeah, would. I think, like,
2: and you see the stats, people who have like minus and you're just like, holy crap, you had a really bad game.
1: <laughs> and then the media spends the summer talking about it and, and what a, a bum Sydney. you are and how much money you make and yep. you shouldn't make that the much money because you're summer. no good.
2: Yep, and you make that... <laughs> can you imagine like... I can't you would need serious therapy, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you'd need somebody to help you through that because that would be awful.
1: Yeah, comparing you to other players in the league. Well yep. he makes more than this guy and look mm-hmm. at this guy's stats and you're just like oh. And you did what? You cost the
2: team this goal and you lost because of and all these guys, they're all they're rooting for you, they're they're yeah. they're depending on you and Oh, you that hurts. Out. That would hurt so much. Again yep. though, going back to my slow pitch career, I think it's over.
1: Okay. Well might have to have Buck and Pat say a few words if you do decide to Hang up your koozie, as they say.
2: Mm. <laughs> hey, hang up my beer-soaked glove and call
0: her a day. VNS in 20 minutes or less.
1: We stopped at this fairly sketchy convenience store yesterday for a slushie for the boys. And uh, I was like, man, this place is its always sketchy. There's always action going on whenever yeah. I go there. And sure enough, we get out there and someone's standing out front. And that's sort of like that's sort of like bent over at the side pose that you uh. often see with people who are like on really heavy drugs. Yep. And of course, the boys start asking a bunch of questions about what's wrong with that person, what's going on. And I was curious how you would answer it because I did my best to answer all these questions. Oh, God. It, they were tough ones. So you see someone who's like, you know, clearly out of it, clearly having a drug induced episode mm-hmm. of some sort. What do you, and they're like, what's going on? What do you say?
2: Yeah, that's really tough. I don't. <laughs> Okay, it, it's tough because I don't know exactly what your boys can compute either right now. Yeah, they're so, seven
1: and five.
2: Yeah, like these are these are people who are having a really tough time right now and they've taken something, a drug, that mm-hmm. they think is going to make them feel better, but it doesn't. It does that instead, right? Like, I don't know. It's a good answer. Yeah. That's a good but, answer. I mean, it, I guess that's a good opportunity for you to kind of introduce drugs right Mm -hmm. like but not get into depth so you know you'd probably want to use the term but yeah I don't know how you explain that like
1: that was kind of the approach that I took I said I think this person's on drugs and Mm -hmm. then they said what are drugs and I said well yeah they're things that people take to make themselves feel differently and they said why would anyone take that and I said well some people have tough lives and they're looking for you know to feel better temporarily but maybe they don't realize how strong it's going to be and then it kind of takes over
2: yeah, and it's they're they're told that it makes them feel better, but it doesn't. It does that to them, right? Like, yeah, man, yeah, that's that's a tough one.
1: And then Bo was like, "Marijuana is a drug," and I was like, "It is. Yeah, it's a drug. It's yeah. I like, said so there are different kinds of drugs. I said alcohol is a drug. Mm-hmm. Coffee is technically a drug. The Tavenol medicine you get is a from drug. The doctor is a drug. Yeah. Said, but there are you know drugs that are better than others and drugs that. Are okay in small amounts, and some that you don't want to touch at all. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was a heavy conversation to have with Man. seven and five year old, and totally. we, you know, we live in a really quiet suburb. You don't see a lot of that. If you live downtown, you see all it all the time, time right? Yeah. Kids who grow up down here are probably used to it. Mm-hmm. We we're talking about this on our podcast yesterday. Just how wild it's getting around here. I know. You see, you see stuff every day. Yep, drug related stuff. Um, but yeah. I guess that's kind of the answer that I gave them and I hope that I I tried my best but man... I think that's that's a tough it, conversation is, to have. That's with, a hard one. Kids are 7 and 5.
0: You've been listening to the b and in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have VNS and 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.